Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Will Devlin, VP of Marketing at Message Gears. Will, it's great to have you on the show. It's fantastic to be here, Jeremy. Thanks so much. So Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. We are a full-service B2B podcasting agency, and we help brands use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic conversations with the people they need to get to know to grow their business. You can learn more at tribknowledge.com. So, Will, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background in marketing and about message gears. Sure. So I've been in marketing my entire career. I started in on the on the B2C, the retail side. So I, I worked for a, a catalog company that sold boating accessories and you know, water sports equipment and things like that. And it was right around the time where people were just getting comfortable shopping on the web. And, you know, at the time that I joined, which was in the early, right, right at the turn of the century, it was the website's purpose and e-commerce's purpose was to really just drive people to call the call center and, and transact that way. So, you know, I, I, that was maybe the first two years of my online marketing experience. And then obviously more and more people were, were comfortable transacting online, were comfortable. I don't know why it was weird to call somebody over the phone and give your credit card that way, but, or it wasn't weird to do that, but it was really <laughs> weird to do it over the internet, but you know, times were different, I guess. Um, so I worked, I worked there for, for about nine years. So I really cut my teeth on that retail side, you know, on the e-commerce side, how do you sell product? How do you market to different audiences through different digital channels? And how do you support the non-digital channels like stores and catalogs and things like that? I've been in the, on the, tech provider space now for a decade. I started in, working for an e-commerce company, moved on to their marketing team doing B2B marketing. And then I've been with Message Gears for seven and a half years. I was their founding marketing executive. We were six people when I joined and Message Gears is a, is a customer marketing platform. So we, we, we provide cross-channel cross -channel campaign management and audience segmentation capabilities for really, really large brands. So if you get email messages from big brands like Chick-fil-A or Home Depot or Best Buy, or if you have their app and you get push notifications, Message Gears is the technology behind that. And we've been we've been growing quite a bit over the last few years. We've been growing steadily over you know the time I've been there, but the last couple of years through the pandemic, it's really accelerated as more companies focus on digital. So. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks for that overview. You know, I remember too back. 20 some years ago, having conversations with people like, do you think people will ever make money on the internet? Yeah. You know, and they're like, no, no way. You know, it's, there's no way people will never just give their credit card information and type yeah, it into a website. I mean, I remember those conversations and wondering like, yeah, I don't know. I, and it's amazing how quickly that all completely changed in, in just 20 short years. It was, yeah, it was, it was always, viewed as a secondary channel for those first few years, right? And yeah. then it was a similar thing when, you know, there was a lot of buzz around, oh, we have to be mobile. We have to opti optimize around mobile. And it was like, yeah, yeah but is it ever really going to be that big of a thing? And now it is the predominant way people interact with brands. It's it's insane. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I I think in some ways it points to, that like humans are not always great at really projecting what the future technology is going to be. 
maybe some humans are, I'm not, but <laughs> yeah. like, I think if you look back to like the 1950s or 60s, it was all about like flying cars and like rocket packs and jet packs. And that was like the vision of the future, right? If you look at a lot of movies from that era yeah. and that didn't happen, right? Like we don't right. have flying cars, but I think it was because that was the age of like rocketry was the big thing. And so you project based on what you know, but you really can't, the technology changes in ways that often that we're just not even thinking about at all. If you go ahead enough in time, you know what I mean? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that's not actually what you're here to talk about, though. <laughs> even though it's interesting, so what you what you bleh, what you are here to talk about is marketing. So I know one of your biggest challenges is figuring out when it comes to your prospects who's in market and who's not in market. And so, first of all, explain what those terms mean, because that that's terminology you use when we when we spoke a week or so ago. So for listeners who don't know, explain what those terms mean. And then and then also, what is your strategy for figuring out, you know, who's in, who's out? So, the you know, when we sell our platform is is not a uh, it's not a light sale. Right. It's not like somebody can come to the website, like what they see, click a button and then they're a message gears customer, right? It's a, it's a, it's a heavy, a heavier process. You're, you're, we're, we're likely a brand is already using another email provider like Salesforce marketing cloud or Adobe. And email is generally a very big driver of, of revenue for their digital channels or, or at least engagement that then leads to revenue. So it's not, it's a very highly considered purchase. It's a very pricey purchase for a digital team, this type of software. And so Things require a little bit of investigation because there are some people that are are just going through the motions. They're using the technology they have, and they may be frustrated, but they may not with but they may not know why they're frustrated. They may not know why they can't launch a, a certain type of program or why they can't do things the way Starbucks does them or whatever, right? And so there's a motion there or a thought process there of educating them on why they're not able to do those things. And this is, you know, likely due to technology they have and limitations around that. And so it's a little bit more of like diagnosing a problem that you may or may not even be aware you have. That's a longer, you know, that's a long cycle. It's, it's mm -hmm. um, because you're taking somebody just cold and trying to convince them, you know, yeah, you have a problem and here's the solution for it. The in-market component is really somebody's already come to the conclusion they have. A, and so that is uh, a shorter play because I don't have to now convince you like, oh, you don't feel well because of this. You know you don't feel well and mm -hmm. you're seeking a solution for that. And we want – the job then is to make sure that Message Gears is on the list. And so – the, the, the messaging and the tone and the motions around how we communicate with you differs between those two things because, again, one is trying to convince you of a problem. Don't you wish you could do these things? Don't you wish you could be like this brand? And another is, okay, you have a problem. We're, we're the best, best solution for, it, for that problem. Yeah. Um, it's hard to always know when somebody's in market. You know, not everybody just raises their hand and like, okay, I'm – I'm looking for new tech, and so we have to we have to we have to rely on signals from various sources. So there are some technology uh, providers that that give us some some of that, right? So we can tell, okay, there these 
these companies are searching for these types of keywords. Uh, and so if they're searching for keywords that we would deem useful and that, you know, oh, that seems like they're curious or they might be in market, it's a signal that could put them in that bucket. If there's uh, a lot of engagement on our website or with our content, either, you know, either hosted content that we have or content that we have out on third-party sites, that's a signal, right? And we also have a, a really strong partner network with agencies and other tech providers, and there's intel there as well, right? You know, there might be a, an agency that knows that, you know, a certain brand is, is looking for a change or is, is feeling the pain, and we'll get that intel from them because we're, we're tight with them. So there's different signals that we can, we can piece together, and then it's just a matter of, okay, we either put them down this path or this path, and the messaging changes from there. Okay, very good. So, so as, as you've mentioned a couple times, then the messaging, the content is different for prospects who are in market. Those who are out out of market makes sense. What, what's an example of what that looked like? Of what that looks like? How is the content different? I think it, you know an easy example would be for a retailer, for example, which is you know it. If you're not in market or we don't know that you're in market, we may be just providing some use case examples on here's best practices for how to effectively communicate with your customers or how to set yourself up for um, success in a digital environment, right? Like very high level educational, it's not pitching our product. It's really just planting ideas in your head of like, you want to be like this. Here's how you can be like this. And so the content there is is very much, you know, here's here's the best way to walk through a, a customer's journey that bounces between your website and your in-store. And here's how to hit them, hit them up at the right time to come back and make a purchase if they didn't do so, or, or give them a coupon to entice them to finish the job, or whatever the case may be, right? So the, the content's a little bit more educational in, in nature. When we know that you're in market, it becomes a little bit less around that, again, because you already kind of know that you want to do those things or that you can't do those things as well as you want to. And it becomes a little bit more about, hey, we, we exist and, and we help you do those things better than anybody else. So we have specific product demos that we can show you how to do those things that we, we can send out. We have case studies of how we've helped other brands do uh, accomplish those types of things. We have reports from firms like Forrester that show the return on investment for you know brands that have chosen our, our products. So it becomes a little bit more specific to message gears and why message gears should be evaluated as you're looking at other vendors. And that's the content we do for the in-market versus, again, the that more top of funnel thought leadership educational content if we don't know that. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, it wouldn't make sense to direct content that's more about you and what you do at out of market because they're like, we don't care. Who cares? We don't, right. they don't even know they have the kind of problem yet that, that you can solve. They're just like, we don't, we have to do not give a damn about you right now. We yeah. have other problems. I would love, I would love if solve. everybody cared about us, but but people don't. I mean, right? They, <laughs> they only care when when they when they realize we have something that can help them out. Yeah, and that's just how we all operate, right? Correct. I mean, you know, day to day, whether it's in business or anything else. So, okay, now you guys just to switch gears a little bit here. You guys have two podcasts, not one, but we two do. podcasts, which is. Really cool. So tell us about the podcast, what they're about, and the role that they play in your marketing efforts. 
we wanted to expand the types of content that we could deliver in, in, you know, we all, many of us, obviously anybody that's listening to this consumes information via podcast, right? It, It finds it interesting, whether it's on their commute or on their run or whatever. And we weren't tapping into that medium. We were doing very basic, you know, here's, here's a blog, here's, you know, we'll do a monthly webinar or something like that. And those things are also important pieces of content, but we're trying to branch out to more organic, easier and high impact content. Right. And so uh, the podcast, we started with one, we didn't start with two, but one is called in gear and it's focused on conversations with marketers and tech providers about what they're, what they do on a day-to-day basis, what dominates their thoughts when they get to the office in the morning or log on and what they're hoping to do with their companies and their careers. So it's, it's, it's me interviewing people one-to-one just like this. And, and it's just coming from a genuine, um, I'm genuinely curious about, you know, what makes people tick. And I think other people are as well. And it gives me a better understanding of the audience we serve. So that, that's that been going for about a year. We created uh, a separate podcast called Message Gals in 2021, I'm trying to remember what year it is now, but it's focused on women and technology and their career paths, their ambitions, their goals. And so it's, it's highlighting, it's highlighting successful females within our industry, how they got to where they are, where they're looking to go and, and trying to provide some inspiration for, for other females, uh, looking for that. So that that was a completely homegrown organic idea by, by two folks internally and, we were proud to sponsor that, right? We're like, oh, let's do it. Let's spin that out. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. there's no reason we have to limit ourselves. They both serve the, you know, just the, the reach of, of, you know, again, that thought leadership content. We're not pitching message gears at all in there. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's who we are. It gives us a, a face and a personality and puts us on your radar, if nothing else. But it's, it's great content to, to get people to consume. And it's a lot of times one of the first touches they'll have with with Mm. a brand. Okay. Very cool. You know, one thing that I like a lot about podcasts, both as someone who produces them and just a fan, you know, consumer is there, they feature conversation between human beings and more, more so than I think other than other media tend to. And I've really come to believe there's something conversation at its best, there, there could be something kind of magical about it. When you hear two or, or more people really engaged in a back and forth on something they're both really interested in, it's, it's it kind of hard to describe like why it's so engaging, but it really is. You know, what, what do you think about that? Well, it doesn't, it, it's, it feels the, the work gets overused, but it feels authentic because it generally is right. It's not scripted. It's not slickly produced or at least not overly produced in terms of the prep, maybe, you know, the packaging after it's recorded is, is, is slickly done. But, you know, I think the, where it differs from other mediums, it's, it's basically like you're eavesdropping on a, on a really interesting conversation that, you know, you're listening to somebody that you might, you're going to learn something from, and maybe you follow some people, you know, on other social platforms, but you really don't get a sense of who they are until you, until you hear them in conversation. So it's, it's, it's like you're there in the room and it's not, you know, like a, a stage presentation or a, a webinar or something like that, which is a little bit more scripted and a little bit more, yeah. you know, well you know, put together on the front end. It's, it's just more authentic. And I think that's why it's successful. Yeah. Good point. 
I was having a similar conversation the other day on a, on the same topic. You know, what is it about a conversation that's interesting to eavesdrop on, like you put it? And this person made the the I thought an interesting point that because it's not scripted and it's kind of spontaneous, you know, even though there's a little bit of preparation, you don't exactly know where it's going to go, and it really yeah. could go anywhere. And that's true for the guest and the host. I mean, even as we're doing this, like we don't know exactly what we're about to say. So in there's kind of an inherent drama to it a little yeah. bit, you know, even if you're not talking about something that's dramatic or having a dramatic conversation, there's something up, kind of like watching like a live sporting event or something like you're not really sure what's about to happen. Anything could happen. Anything. And that's happen. part of what's cool about, you know, yeah. about engaging with it. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. my daughter could come bursting through the door right now. You know, <laughs> like, you know any, anything could happen. The, the, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, and the best conversations can go off in interesting tangents. And I find in my experience that tends to happen, especially when you've actually planned pretty well and you kind of know what what you think you're going to talk about. And then that just sparks all kinds of ideas. And, you know, two people who are engaged can take a conversation in all kinds of interesting places, which tends to happen when you really get into it and, and you know, creates great content. I agree. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's switch gears once again. I'm not sure what gear we're in now, but in any case, a few quick questions to wrap things up. What's been your main focus so far in Q1? I've setting, setting our company up for success for this year and next year. Our, our team has been growing. We grew about 73% as a company last year mm. uh, in revenue. So it was a big year for us. And so we have... Uh, aggressive goals again this year. We we feel like we can continue to capitalize on on this demand for getting getting that digital transformation complete in a lot of organizations. With that, we've been scaling, and my team has been growing a lot. So I've I've got so many new folks on my team, and in leadership positions, and in you know in the trenches, and getting them all on the same page, having a plan for them, and motivating them, making sure that. They all know which direction we should be going and they all have the right tools to do that is it dominates my focus. You know, people, people need to be happy. And so, you know, it's not just about executing and, you know, finding talented people. It's about finding talented people and keeping them motivated and keeping them happy and having a plan for their career growth. And, you know, I think more so than ever, the, the power is in, in an employee's hands. They could, you know, people are, up and leaving and going to better greener pastures left and right. So, you know, pr pr providing an environment where they can thrive and they feel like, look, I'm, I'm going to go to bat for you and let's do some great work is, is what I'm, it just dominates my thoughts. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's there. That's a ton of work right there, but a it great is. challenge to have, right. A good position to be in. A fun, a fun challenge as well. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So what are the top three KPIs that your boss is keeping an eye on? I'll answer this in two ways, I think. I have, you know, if, if you're looking at what I'm held accountable and what, you know, our CEO is looking at me and my, and my team about, it's, it's pipeline growth. It's, it's new potential revenue. It's the cost to get those, those customers acquired. Mm -hmm. And it's the speed in which we can get them on board. You know, it's it, it, our sales cycles are so long that it's assumed that any new new opportunities that we drive from a sales from a marketing standpoint after July first are probably going to be twenty twenty three revenue. 
because just that's how long our sales cycles are. It's not always the case, but in general, that's what we plan on. How can we speed that up? How can we, you know, how can we shorten that? I think for the business, our CEO and our executive team is focused on retention, revenue growth, and employee satisfaction. So I think, you know, there's things that I'm held accountable because I'm in charge of marketing, but I think there's, you know, we, we care about employee and customer retention greatly. We care about revenue growth because we're a business, <laughs> you know, and, and we care again about the culture we're building and providing a place for people to be. We were voted by our employees, the number one place to work in Atlanta last year. And it was just a great honor because it felt like the, the culmination of so much purpose, purposeful work in culture that we've put, put in place. So mm -hmm. it, it continues to dominate our CEO's thoughts. As it should. And lastly, and I, you might've already answered this uh, when you talked about team building and, and getting all these new people in place and building the culture, but what do you and your team hope to accomplish throughout the rest of 2022? I, I, I try to keep people, I have it on my whiteboard in the other room and I try to keep my team focused on, you know, marketing is, is in charge and controls three, three things, awareness, influence, and demand. We have to make sure people are aware that we exist as a company. And there's a lot of content vehicles that we can do to do that. Influence, which is getting people to see our, our point of view, establish credibility, help somebody understand they're feeling a certain pain and, and they need to get it taken care of. And then obviously demand, which is demand in, in what we provide our services and our software. So those are the three things that if our team is focused on and we're executing we're trying to get more people aware of us, trying to expand our influence and trying to create more demand. If we do all three of those things, we're going to have a successful year. So that's what I keep them focused on. Okay. Awesome. Well, Will, thank you so much for sharing that, for sharing all of these great insights. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for your time and thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.